Wake up. It's the morning motivation with Brittany Daniel. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning, you guys. Happy Monday. It is October 3rd. 3rd. October 3rd. Where has the year gone? It's almost over. <laughs> we are heading into 2023. So I hope you guys are doing well. Uh, I hope you guys had a beautiful and blessed weekend in the comments. Let me know what you guys did over the weekend. I went to a church gala on Friday, which if you're following me on Instagram, then you already saw. Uh, Saturday, uh, my friend, one of my good friends, Brittany, you guys might know her on YouTube is Miss Brittany M. She had a bachelorette. It wasn't really a bachelorette weekend, but we did go out. We had a good time on Saturday. And then Sunday, uh, I went to church and it was her bridal shower. So if you guys follow me on Instagram, then you saw that as well. So I hope you guys just also had an eventful weekend. I've never done that much in a weekend in a very long time. So it was nice to get out, do different things, you know, and have a diverse thing. And it's what's funny is it really is touching on today's uh, topic, which is about balance. You know, we are getting right. We're doing what we got to do. But then we also should still enjoy our lives and have time with friends and family. So it's important that we have balance in our lives. And we're going to talk about that today. We're still reading out of a purpose-driven life, y'all. We're almost done. Now, let me know in the comments because we have two chapters left. Well, today is one and the uh, there's another one tomorrow. But there were a few chapters that I skipped um, when we were like in the middle or so. And I was looking through the book and I was like, hey, I skipped a couple. So let me know if you guys want to go to go back and read those or you guys just want to move on with another book. I would love to know in the comments and then we'll go from there. But just let me know if you guys want to go back and read them. I think that they're really good. Um, I kind of skimmed over them a little bit, um, especially 22. I have to even see if we even read that one. Chapter 22. I believe we did. But if we did not, it's a really good one. So we skipped a couple. Let me know if you want to go back and read that. If not, we will continue on. But we only have two more, two more chapters um, in A Purpose Driven Life. And we will do another book giveaway this Friday of A Purpose Driven Life. And then we'll move on to another book. And you guys, if you guys have any recommendations, let me know. I think we're going to do uh, Destiny by T.D. Jakes. But let me know if there's a certain book that you guys want to focus on next then I'm high, I'm open to recommendations and then I'll get started on reading that so we can move forward. But this chapter is chapter 39, balancing your life. And it talks about balance in um, like as a person going through their purpose. But then I also want to talk about balance in the world and just being a, a balanced human being in all aspects. But let's go ahead and jump into our prayer. Then we'll jump into the comments. If this is your first time watching live, go ahead and load in the comments where you're watching from. We go live each and every weekday morning at 8 a.m. Eastern. So join the conversation live. I would love to have you, love to talk to you. All right, so let's go ahead and do the prayer. <clears throat> Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for waking us up again for another day. Thank you for allowing us to fellowship through the internet and to connect with one another. I pray that we find extreme balance in this life, that we're not too far left, not too far right, and that we are always rooted in you, always seeking your purpose and doing the things that are pleasing in your sight. In your darling son, Jesus name, I pray. Amen. Good morning, you all. Okay, loading up. Good morning, Ashley. Rich Rising. Good morning, Destiny. Good morning, Nana. Good morning, Cookie Monster. Good morning, Brandy. Good morning, Queen. Good morning, Corey. Good morning, Madam Noir. Norma. <laughs> good morning, Melon and Honey. Good morning, Elle. And good morning, Diamond. And as people come in, we're going to 
tell them good morning as well. People aren't normally used to me going early at eight or going on live at eight. So uh, I'm a little early. I normally go around eight, like 8.03, 8.05. And <laughs> we get stuff together behind the scenes. Good morning, Talia. How are you? But I hope you guys had a beautiful and blessed weekend. If you guys want to share what you guys did, leave it in the comments. Good morning, Melissa. How are you? But yes, so we are going to read out of chapter 39, uh, Balance. It's all about balancing our lives. But let's talk about balance really quick because the book talks about balancing, uh, you know, our purpose-driven life according to this book. Good morning. But what about balance in your own life? Like how do you bring balance, right? We have our spiritual side. We have different sides of us. We have our spiritual side. We have our personal side. We have our relationship side and we have our work side. Yeah, that's like normally four. If I miss a side, oh, family side, right? And so every every aspect of our lives gets a different side of us. And not to say that it's a fake side, but let's keep it up. Let's keep it honest and let's keep it real. When we go to work, we're not 100% who we would be around our family. Or if we're in church, we're not 100% how we would be around our friends. Again, not to say that we're fake, but it's if we're mature adults, we know that there's a time and a place for everything, right? We know that there are certain things you can do and not to say that you're doing anything bad or you're doing anything that's evil or sinful or nothing like that. But it's just certain things you can say around your friends that you probably wouldn't say around your family members or or things that you would say at work or you wouldn't say at work that you would say around your family. One thing about me and my friends is we rarely discuss work. Like we'll say, how are you guys? How are you doing? You know, whatever. Like, how's how are things going? And people are like, oh, I'm working. <laughs> you know, I don't know. Let me know. Hi, guys. Let me know. If you guys are the same way with your friends, but when we, me and my friends get around each other, we'd be like, oh, we're working, but we don't discuss work. I don't know any of my friends, coworkers names. I don't know who they boss's names are. Like, we just don't really discuss work. It's normally like, hey, how's it going? Going great. Or I've been working a lot or whatever the case may be. Um, and then we'll go down the list. Like, how's the family? How's the babies? Like one thing about me and women, I always tell women this, always try to ask your, your friends, especially the mothers, how they're doing first. Before we ask about the babies, because once you become a mother, what I've been hearing is like everybody always asks about the kids. They don't ever check in on the mom. So I make it a point to say, how are you? Because I have I have a best friend that just had a baby. She's a week old. Shout out to little Harper. She's a week old. So the first thing I do is check in with my friend. Like, how are you doing? How is your body doing? Like, how are you? And then after she expresses how she's doing, the things that she's dealing with, then I go into, okay, how are the kids? How is the husband? Like, you know, things like that. So I challenge you all as women. Uh, and if, if you are males out there, if you have women that are mothers, when you ask, you know, probably the dads too. You know, I don't really talk to the dads much, but how are you doing? You know, and then we go into there. But we're all balancing everything. I was watching T.D. Jakes. I actually sh shared his uh, sermon on my community page. I always send, share sermons messages and things like that, that I find interesting on my community page. And one thing he was saying is he was like, I can't stand anybody that's way too holy. Were they way over there and they just too holier than now? And he was like, I can't stand people that's way in the world. And what he was saying is it's all about balance. Like, of course, we're supposed to know God. Of course, we're supposed to be on a trail to be the best possible human beings where God sees fit. Right. But then we don't want to go too far to where we're judging others where we think we have it all figured out. Because one thing about God that's hilarious, as soon as you think you have it all figured out, here comes something else, right? Here comes, or life. I don't know if it's God, it could be life. I don't know. But one thing about life, I will say that, 
once you think you have it figured out, here goes something else to figure out. Or once you think you have this master, whether it's your money, whether love, it's the, it don't matter. It's something. Once you have, you think you have it figured out and you're like, oh, I'm good. I'm Gucci. I got this. Here comes something else. So good morning, you guys. So life is all about understanding the balance of it all. Can't be too far left, can't be too far right. And what he was saying also in that sermon, good morning, is that uh, our, 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 our society here or our country has gotten off balance. We're so, it's so polar opposites of people like, especially with social media, I feel like we're so polar opposites in our views that it's very hard to find the balance. Like two things can be true at the same time. But how do we cultivate that, take that in and find balance in it all? So if you are having a hard time finding balance, maybe you're working too much, right? Really listen to your body, recalibrate your mind. Think about the things that you're neat that you need and you haven't done in a while. Like um, for the last two weeks, I've been working a lot and been in church a lot. And I had to stop and say, well, Brittany, what have you done for yourself personally? Right? Like, what have you done for what have I done for me that personally to make me happy? Not to say those things don't make me happy. But those are just two buckets in my life. There's work and then there's spiritual. And even though those are super, super important, I still have to figure out the buckets. I had a boss that once told me, and I don't know how true this is, but y'all rock with me. Let me know what you guys think. Um, Because I was asking him, I was like, well, sir, how do you do it all? Like, because he was a family man. Uh, I think he was a religious man. He, he worked hard. He had two careers going on. He had a military job and he had a civilian job. And then I'm, I'm sure he has a social life, right? Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. But I was like, how do you balance it all? And he was like, well, he said, balance is not really a thing for him. This is what he said. He said, I look at the buckets I have in my life, like my family bucket, my work bucket, my personal bucket, my spiritual bucket. And one of them is going to be empty at certain points, right? Maybe if I'm spending too much time with my family, then my work bucket is going to be empty. If I spend too much time at work, my family bucket is going to be empty. If I'm spending too much time at, you know, with both of those, maybe my spiritual bucket is empty. And so he said for himself, it's a constant like pouring into each bucket. Like, okay, I've spent a lot of time with my family. Now I got to get back to work. So you have to figure out how do you tap in to your level of balance. I believe you can be balanced. I think it's very hard. <laughs> I think that it uh, it comes with challenges. I feel like it's a work in progress. And so you can never be too hard on yourself. You can never beat yourself up too much. Holding yourself accountable is one thing, right? We always talk about that, holding ourselves accountable. But we shouldn't be beating ourselves up about it because we're human beings. We're doing, most of us are doing the best that we can. And if you feel like there's an area in your life that you can do better, well, we just got to do better, right? We just have to, I'll look at myself and I'll be like, Brittany, could you have like tried a little harder or could you do a little bit more in this area? And I'm like, yeah, so I, I try. But in the midst of it, like don't, what we don't want to do is run ourselves ragged trying to balance. Does that make sense? Like we don't want to rug ourselves down with trying to, to be here for this person and do this and do this and do this. You just evaluate yourself. Like one day I needed rest. I was like, I'm tired. I was working a lot, doing the most, going up and down the road, being at church all the time. I was like, I need a day of rest. And I rested. So make sure you're tapping in with yourself. You have to know yourself first and foremost. We always talk about that. It's like never um, lying to ourselves. Just be very transparent, honest with yourself. What do I need right now? Can I do this later? 
Is this something I can put off? Like making things a priority to you. Like if you know that you have to do this on this day, okay, I can't rest today, but I'm going to rest tomorrow. Good morning, you guys. Or I can't do this today. I can't go to church today. I'm going to go this day. Like where, how are you balancing your life? How are you bringing things into a full circle to make sure that you're balancing your life? Okay. So that's something. And if you guys are struggling with balance or you have questions about balance or you're finding certain things particularly hard, put it in the comments. If I don't have an qu- uh, answer for that, maybe somebody else will. Again, I don't know everything, but I'm working on it. And I feel like so far this stage, I'm doing okay. I can say that I've been really tuned in with myself to say, I know when I need to take a break. I know when I need more prayer. I know when I'm being too hard on myself. And that's what my therapist is for. (laughs) And it's okay to go to therapy. Never be too spiritual or too God-filled to feel like a human being cannot help you. Or uh, even my, uh, my apostle told us that this weekend. He was like, some of us ain't balanced because we need therapy. He was talking about getting in motion and moving and being a part of um, and why God sometimes can't do anything in our lives because we're too scared to move. We're too scared to either move physically or we're too scared to move um, spiritually. And what he was saying was, oh, I love my church. Y'all got to go to church. Y'all got to go to church. I love my church. One thing our apostle was saying is like, Anything that is stagnant, right? Before we get into the book, let's talk about this. Anything that is stagnant, like say if you're waiting on something or say if you are, you're waiting on a new job or you're waiting on a new love or whatever the case may be. He was like, you might not have it because you're stagnant. You're not moving. He said, anything that's not in motion, in motion is being destroyed. And it reminded me of, I don't know if you guys saw this clip on Instagram. Let me know. But 50 Cent was talking about, yeah, the rapper 50 Cent. He was talking about the house that he bought. And if you guys don't know, he bought, uh, let me know the boxer's name in the comments. Um, oh, he bought uh, Mike Tyson. I believe it was Mike Tyson. If I'm wrong, let me know in the comments. But he bought Mike Tyson's old home. And it's like a, let me actually, let me Google it so I could get it right. Because it's a huge, it was a huge house. And if y'all remember MTV Cribs back in the day, they actually did like a Cribs special about it. Uh, let's see, 50 cents, old home, the big one. Uh, yes, okay, so it was 50 cents. He had, he had, it was a 52-room mansion in Connecticut, and it was, it was Mike Tyson's old house. I was right. So it was Mike Tyson's old house. So 52 rooms. Now, mind you, 50 Cent is not a married man. He, uh, he had a couple kids, but I don't think his kids lived with him. Yes, thank you, guys. It was Mike Tyson. Um, so it sat on the market for 12 years before he bought it. If you guys Google it, this home is huge. It was three point. He sold it. He bought it for three point, uh, $1 million. And I don't know how many square feet it is, but it's a huge house. Let's see. It's five, uh, 50,000 square feet, 50,000 square feet. I don't know what a single man with just some friends is going to do with a 50,000 square foot house. But he did say he was like, he was getting tired of it because the house was huge. You know, he, when he would invite his friends, he was like some wings of the house. He wouldn't even go to because of the parties that were being had and that were had in the house. And then he was like saying that things were starting to break. That's the whole point of this. He was saying that things were starting to break because if you do not use the things that you have, they're going to break. If you have a skill that you don't sharpen, 
that you don't learn, if you're not continuously growing through your industry, you're going to be held back. The things that we used to do yesterday do not, do not, are not going to work in 50 years. You know, if you don't stop growing within your career or start learning new things, then your, your, your tools and your skills are going to start depreciating. You know, you're not going to be hip on the times. Um, my apostle also said that there's always something new in every industry to keep it moving forward in order to get something new in order for things to keep moving. New has to be poured into it. Good morning. Thank you. And so what 50 Cent was saying is he was like, I was getting tired of the house because things were starting to break. If we do not use things like he wouldn't go into a bathroom, the bathroom light would flicker or something would fall apart. It corrodes. Have you guys ever seen those sh those um, videos on YouTube where they go into like abandoned mansions and they look at like how things fell apart? Like things are not going to stay pristine, clean and perfect if we're not in motion, if we're not moving. So we constantly have to move. So a lot of us won't get our blessings or not blessings, but things won't occur in our lives because we're being stagnant. We're not moving. So as you're finding balance. Always continue to move forward. Always continue to sharpen your skills to get more knowledge. My apostle also said, he was like, some of y'all are single. <laughs> he said, because y'all not moving. You know, God ain't going to bring the man up to your house, up to your curb. You got to get out there and, and, and get in the world and be in motion. And he was saying how everything takes motion. Everything is a constant moving uh, thing. Because if you're not moving, you're stagnant. That means you're staying still. And that means you're going to eventually decay. And don't nobody got time for that. <laughs> and that's true with our bodies. If we do not move our bodies, y'all, they will start to decay. If we do not, uh, certain areas in our homes, if we just leave them there, dust will start settling and falling and things will start decay and breaking and things like that. So always remember to keep in motion as you're finding balance. Okay, so let's read into the book. So the book says, balancing your life. It says, uh, live a life, live life with a due sense of responsibility. Not as those who do not know the meaning of life as those who do. Ephesians 5 and 15. And it says, don't let the errors of evil people lead you down the wrong path and make you lose your balance. So this is interesting. So let's get into this. It says, blessed, blessed are those are the balanced. It says, blessed are the balanced. They shall outlast everyone. It says, one of the events of the Summer Olympics is the Penethalon. I've never heard of the pen. It's, it's pentethylon. I'm going to say pentethylon because, yeah, but it's the pentethylon. And it says it composes of five events, pistol shooting, fencing, horseback riding, running, and swimming. Now, I don't know about y'all, but I don't really watch the Olympics. Really never have. I don't know if it's something my, <laughs> let me know. I know my people, when they do watch the Olympics, it's more like track and field. Maybe we'll watch swimming. Maybe watch the tennis match. <laughs> hey, um. But I don't know if y'all, I don't know. We don't, we not an Olympic type of folks, but let me know if I'm wrong. Maybe some of y'all do, uh, because I didn't even know that this was even a thing, but it's, it's five elements, pistol shooting, fencing, horseback riding, running and swimming. And it says the penethalon, the penethalon's goal is to succeed in all five areas, not just one. It says your life is like a penethalon, a, a pen. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Of five purposes, which which you must keep in balance. These purposes were practiced by the 
first Christians in Acts 2, explained by Paul in Ephesians 4 and modeled by Jesus in John 17. But they are summarized in the great uh, commandments and the great commission of Jesus Christ. These two statements sum up what this book is all about. God's five purposes for your life. All right, so it's going to break down five purposes. It says to love, love God with all your heart. It says you were planned for God's pleasure. So your purpose is to love God through your worship. So anytime you have a, a chance to, to stop, thank God, tell him you love him, thank him for all the things that you have, even the things, if you're, even if you're waiting on something and whatever you're waiting on hasn't come yet, stop and ask God and thank God uh, for what you have. And then it's a second is uh, love your neighbor as yourself. We are shaped for serving. So your purpose is to uh, show love for others through ministry. So telling people about the word, uh, loving on them, praying for them, just being a servant in, in the kingdom of heaven. It says, go and make disciples. It says you were made for a mission. So your purpose is to share God's message through evangelism. And my whole thing is being, being a, an example. It's it's one thing to tell people, but if you ain't living it, they're going to be like, okay. <laughs> so definitely if we're doing that, we need to live by example and lead by example. And it says, baptize them into, it says you were formed for God's family. So your purpose is to identify, identify with his church through fellowship. So again, even if you don't have a physical church to go to, hey, Percy. You don't have a physical church to go to. Definitely find like-minded believers. You know, definitely find that one friend that you can fellowship with or talk to God about. Even when I wasn't in church, I had a couple friends where I could call. We would talk about God. We would talk about the Bible. Or I would say, hey, I need your prayers in this area. Like, it's very important that you at least, in my personal opinion, at the bare minimum, have a friend who, who knows God, who knows the Bible, or who knows God and you guys can actually talk about it because if you're not in a church or if you don't have people who you can bounce ideas or questions off of, um, it can be a very lonely road. It can be a very hard road. It can be a very confusing road. One thing I love about my church is we have a night called Leaders Poor and we get together and our apostle allows us to ask any questions we want, whether it's questions about the Bible that we're confused about or we're conflicted with. Um, like one night I asked about like how, why God took or like why God said that he was so, he was, what I say? I, you know, the, the scripture in Samuel where God says that he was, what is the word I'm looking for? Like he regretted even making Saul king pretty much. And I was asking about, well, how did, why did God say that he regretted something if he's perfect? Right. So we're at, we're able to ask those questions and we're able to fellowship with like-minded believers because if we're out here leaning on our own understanding at times and we don't have or seek knowledge of somebody that's that's more knowledgeable than us or kind of just knows more has been studying the word a lot longer we can be led astray remember we talked about that last Friday where you can get conflicting information or maybe somebody else's perspective that doesn't just have your same beliefs and there's nothing wrong with hearing other people's beliefs because I should I think we should be open minded enough to hear somebody else's opinion take their their opinion into consideration but you can still agree to disagree like you don't have to agree with everything everybody says does that make sense but I do think that 
when we are on this journey of being better per people, of being better Christians, of following God's grace, that we do link up with like-minded people. Now, I'm not saying all your friends got to be Bible thumpers. No, I'm not saying that. I'm not saying all your friends have to have the same exact beliefs or same exact, um, you know, mindset or even on the same page because you might come to a place that you're at and maybe your friend's not there yet. I don't think that you should just throw out your friends because y'all aren't on the same page. Everybody's on different pages in their life and stages in their life. But I do think it's very important that you do link with some folks that that do believe. So if you're ever conflicted, if you're ever having a hard time, um, maybe you and your friends aren't seeing eye to eye about certain things that you can go and have conversations and have a little bit more understanding. And I believe that's why getting into a really good church is important as well um, because of those things. Uh, Percy says, Brittany, what's the biggest thing you look for in church? For me, it's friendliness. Well, two things. One one of the things and the reason why I joined the church that I joined is I need to feel like God is in is present. Like I need to be feeling like some Holy Spirit, some turning is going on. Um, that's why personally, I and I'm, I don't can't say this out loud. Well, let me not say this because I don't know if that's true. But if I don't go into a church and feel moved, feel convicted, feel like there's an essence of righteousness, spiritual spirituality. Like, I don't want to go into a church and just be preached to. I don't need my pastor to be talking about hell all the time. Or I feel like I'm looking around and it's just not sinking with my spirit. Like, the first thing that I noticed in my new church is that, like, wow, like the presence of God is here. Like, I feel convicted. I feel something moving in me. You know, there's a there was a vibration. People call it a vibration or a vibe or a high frequency. I felt like the frequency was very high. I felt like it was very positive. Um, and then second, the people, I feel like if the people are not like, if I'm in church and you get knees, I don't need to be a part of that church. Like my church is super friendly. You hug people and speak to people. You don't even know their name. Like, hi, oh my gosh, gorgeous. Nice to see you. Like there's so many compliments being given and it's not fake. Like real recognizes real. So if you're a real person, you can spot fakeness a mile away and it's really not fake. It's really genuine. Um, even at the church gala, everybody was inviting, like I've only been going to the church. I don't even know how long. And I feel like I've been there for years. Like, I feel like I know some of these people for years. Like one of the girls, um, that I met, her name is Chelsea. Shout out Chelsea. If she ever sees this, uh, she's helping me with getting my body right. And like, she's a personal trainer. So we talk about, she told me an app to download and things to get into. Like we genuinely talk to each other and like each other and, say hi to each other and give each other hugs. So I like a friendly environment, but then I also need to know that Jesus is in the place. And the thirdly, this is kind of all ranking the same. So there's no order to this. I need my, the person who's preaching to me to know the Bible because where are you getting your word from? You know what I mean? Like I need you to like, one thing I love about my apostle now at my church is he's all up in the Bible. Like he will give you scripture after scripture, give you evidence, but then he's still real. Like he doesn't spend, he's just a real person. Like he'll give you some real stuff that's going on like in today's day and age. He ain't fake about it. So I like all of that. That's what matters to me. So you have to know yourself and and figure out what you need, what's going to make you comfortable in your church. What do you look for to feel comfortable, confident and things like that? So for me, it's those three things. It's I got to feel like God is in the place because if I go to a, then ain't no point to go to no empty building. And when I mean empty building, when it's not being filled. Uh, secondly, I, I look for friendly people. 
godlike people. And then third, I look for a per, a pastor that's, that's, um, yes, reverence. Thank you. Thank you, Venetia. Biblical and everybody's, you know, on the same page. That's what I look for. Reverence. Thank you. Um, any other questions? Let me know. All right. So the fourth thing it says, baptize them or the fourth thing is baptize them into, it says you were formed for God's family. Your, so your purpose is identified with his church through fellowship. So make sure that you are linking with like-minded people and thing and people that you can learn from as well. Like if you need prayer, if you need somebody to, to speak to you, if you need, you know, something, it says five, it says, teach them all uh, teach them to do all things. It says you were created to become like Christ. So your purpose is to grow and to mature through discipleship. I was talking to my dad about this the other day. And one thing that he he said that was so true is he said that being Christ-like are big shoes to fill, right? When you are becoming like Christ, right? You're changing and when you are changing who you are from the inside out, you will be, you possibly, I can't speak for you. I'll speak for me. You are conflicted a lot of times. There are things that you miss doing or that you want to do, or you, you can't be like, you can't do everything that you used to do, especially if you're convicted, if you're convicted, right? Things that you used to just do naturally, just don't even feel natural anymore. Things that you used to want to participate in, don't even feel right participating in. And again, not to say that you can't be out in the war. You can't have friends. You can't do things. Um, but you, your, your gauge is a lot different. And one thing my apostle said to Sunday, he was like, we can't look at if you were, tr if you're truly trying to live your life like Christ, right? If you're truly in your Christian walk, you cannot look at somebody else getting their blessings from the world and say, but they're doing it this way. You know, sometimes I hear people say, well, why do I need God? Because I'm successful without him. I've heard somebody say that before. And it really disheartened me because it's more than about being successful. Like, yes, you can be successful with God, but it's more so about your soul, your spirit. Um, having something to lean on when you are not enough. Because there, you can do a lot of things by yourself and have friends, but there will be times where your friends will not answer their phone. And not to say that they're mad at you or they hate you or that you're, you're, you're not a good friend, but people get busy. The older you get, the more responsibilities people have, especially if you're in your, like, your early 20s or your 20s. When your friends start getting married, when your friends start having children, when people start opening businesses, when people really get engulfed in their career and their day-to-day -day lives, your friends will not be as available to you all the time. You know, in your 30s, you got to make plans. Like, what you doing Wednesday? Or <laughs> what you doing? <laughs> like, you got to call ahead of schedule. Sometimes weeks ahead, like, especially with the weekends, people get their weekends get full real quick. Like, hey, what are you doing? Oh, I got a wedding or I got this. Or I'm out of town. So the older you get, you know, your friends aren't going to be so available to you. And everything, and you might be up one season, and I'm not trying to say that you won't be up for forever, but seasons happen in people's lives. You know, there's seasons where I was up. There were seasons where I was up with money. I was up with experiences. I was up like everything was cool. Bills paid, money flowing. It was, and then I've been in seasons of drought where money wasn't flowing like that. Things weren't as, as great as they were at certain times in my life. I've had seasons of all types of things where love was on the high and it was great. And I've been seasons of loneliness. So don't look at your life currently and say, 
well, I don't need God because I'm pretty good doing what I've been doing. That's now. That's great. But what happens if those things aren't, aren't, aren't here? What happens, God forbid, that something happens to you and you can no longer work? You know, what happens to you, God forbid, like, I don't want my relationship with God be based on what I'm receiving and what I'm not receiving. Does that make sense? So we want to be very careful when we get to, when we get outside of the humble sphere of knowing that we're just human beings. Yes, absolutely. We have to strive for some of the most successful people are not God fearing at all because they have a dog in the fight. They will go above and beyond to make their goals and their dreams come true. But don't forget that that's earthly success. I want earthly success. Yes. And spiritual success. Does that make sense? So you have to decipher for yourself. Like what, what does the Bible say? What is a man? If he, if he gets all the things of the world, but he loses his soul. You can't take none of this with you. I don't care how bomb your house is. I don't care how fly your car is. I don't care how many kids you got. I don't care how fine your husband is, how nice your wedding ring is. I don't care about none of that. If you're going to lose your soul or you can't take none of it with you. I don't care how dope your portfolio is. That's great. But what is your, how is your heart? How is your soul? What are you doing on a day-to-day basis? What makes you a great person? Does that make sense? Like having things are great, right? Having nice it's nice to drive the car you want. I ain't gonna lie to you. My friends got Teslas and all of this stuff, drive BMW, all of that's great, right? Most of my friends got nice houses. If they don't have nice houses, they have nice apartments. That is an amazing thing. I'm not telling nobody to not strive, right? I don't think God wanted us to get here and not get the best, right? We supposed to have the best. We're supposed to have nice things and have nice experiences and all of that. But don't let that cloud our judgment And make us forget that we still need God at the end of the day, because none of this is going with us. Not your house, not your car, not your bank account, not that job that you got that you're making six figures, not that wife of yours. None of it is going with you. When we all pass, we're going to one place and we're going to stand before God and he's going to tell us yay or nay. (laughs) He's going to have us whip or nay nay. (laughs) He's going to whip, whip or nay nay. Okay, I'm sorry, y'all. Brain went back to Friday. We we did the nay nay. I ain't did the nay nay in years. We did the nay nay at the church gala. So, anyways, my bad. <laughs> but when we get to when 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 it's all said and done, you don't only want earthly success. You want earthly success, and you want spiritual success. And two, you can have both. Like you don't have to be a broke Christian or a Christian that's suffering and you never have or you got to give everything. No, give with an open heart. Give with an open mind, but still do for yourself. Like. My apostle was like, hey, I want for nothing. He's like, I drive without what I want. I go on vacation what I want. He was like, and everybody should live this life. And he's not a braggadocious guy, but I know label. I know he dresses well, but he's not a, it's not a, it's not a, ooh, look at me. Look at my, uh, 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 uh. you know what I mean? So don't let the world make you think that you can't have both, that you can't have spiritual success and earthly success. You know, just because you've been successful without God, earth, earth side, you know, you don't want to get up there and be like, okay, cool. You had all that. But what did you do with what I gave you? Did you fulfill your purpose that I put you on this earth for? Did you help anybody else besides yourself? You know, what did you do? Did you only focus on you, your cars, your money, your house? Like, whoop. 
And there's nothing wrong with focusing on you, but that can't be the only thing that we do. Does that make sense? Like, we don't want to get up there and he'd be like, all right, well. And then two, like, we got, we got to be successful because don't nobody want to listen to no broke person. I'm going to tell you that right now. We live in a society, we're Christians, we got to be, we got to be doing good. Because can't, ain't nobody going to listen to you like you broke, huh? <laughs> and everybody goes through seasons. So have grace and humility with yourself. Uh, everybody, I've been up and down before. Everybody's been up and down before. Um, or if you haven't been up or down and you up, there may be a season where you're down. But that shouldn't rock your core. That shouldn't rock who you are or take away what God has blessed you with internally. And that's why that relationship is so important because no matter what happens, whether I'm up, I should be praising God. If I'm down, I should be praising God. Whether I'm in a relationship, I should be praising God. If I'm single, I should be praising God. If my, my bank account and my portfolio and my finances is popping, I should be praising God just as much as I'm praying to God when I ain't got it. You know, I should be praising God whether I got a Range Rover, BMW, Bentley, whatever the case may be. And I should be praising God in the Pinto. Or you waiting on that new car. You know what I mean? Like there, sh we should always at the core of ourselves as Christian people, always be filled, always be filled with the Holy Spirit, always, uh, you know, know Jesus and, and thank God, thank Jesus for all his sacrifices for us and praise God at every single whim of our bones and of our bodies. Does that make sense? So we can't, don't ever get too big headed. Be like, well, I did it without God. No, he, he still... All our blessings don't always come from God. So people be like, oh, you know, and I'm like, I don't know. What did uh, Dion Cole said? Jesus ain't had nothing to do with that. <laughs> that ain't come nothing. That ain't, that ain't come nothing from God. Hit the like button. Thank you so much. The happy housewife. I appreciate that. She always telling y'all, y'all better give it a thumbs up. <laughs> I appreciate it. Elvis says, yes, that's how it feels. Old things start to change. Yeah. When you start being convicted. When you start getting a genuine relationship with God, God will convict you. He will make the stuff that you used to do so naturally. You might do it in a moment and then you'd be like, oh, why did I do that? But give what I will say is in the in the interim of you changing, give yourself grace, not to say let yourself off the hook and be like, well, I'm new to this, so I could do this. No, but when you're convicted, give yourself grace, ask for forgiveness, repent, repent wholeheartedly. And then make, make wages to not move forward in that, going through that. Does that make sense? Like make a plan. Be like, all right, I did that because I did this. So next time I'm not going to put myself in this situation. Or I'm not going to do this. Or I'm not going to drink past one drink. Or I'm not going to do, I'm not going to go over. You feel me? Like make, what is it called? Um, not barriers, but uh, make Somebody put in the chat the word I'm looking for. I, make plans to where you're not going to fall short anymore. You know, because you do it once. I believe God gives us grace, but we can't keep doing the same thing and be like, Lord, I'm sorry. Lord, I'm sorry. Lord, I'm sorry. Because then it's just not you. Then you're not repenting. You're just saying it's like when people just do Hail Marys, like, oh, Hail Mary, you know, uh, it's like, no, but did it penetrate your heart? Did it really make you con be convicted and move forward in a different direction? Do you know if you're supposed to not be doing this one thing, what are you doing to genuinely change it? And, and, it's, and it's not easy. It's not fun. It hurts. It's like it's bittersweet because it's just like, oh, seems like everybody else can do. But one thing 
that my apostle said is like, we don't get blessed the same. We get blessed by obedience. You know, we get blessed with the hard work, obedience and diligence because you don't want your blessings to come from an evil space. We just don't because those blessings are never are never really right. The devil blesses people, too. So don't think because they got money and they live in a certain way that, oh, because they ain't got God and they doing it. And that's all right. No, that ain't true. Yep, that does not mean that they are bad. I guess our priorities change. Absolutely. And the thing too is like when you're moving on a different spiritual path, your friends may not be there. And it doesn't mean that they are bad people or anybody's bad. Like they're, I don't believe majority of people are bad. I think that they're good people. Um, but when you're called to serve, it's not good enough just to be a good person. You got to go a little bit outside of that. There has to be some sacrifice. It's easy to be a good person. All you got to do is not cuss nobody out. All you got to do is be courteous, polite. Um, You know, it's not hard to be a good person. It is hard to seek God and be Christ-like. That is not an easy walk because there's so many things. The world is upside down. You know, it's so many things that are, that we're told that are right, that are not right. There are so many things that are praised that should be, I don't know about shunned, but we shouldn't be praising them. And we do. We'd be like, yes. And it's really like, no, nah. <laughs> you know, so everybody's not going to be on the same type of time. And it's nothing. It's not. I don't believe it's our responsibilities to convert anybody, but you can be a living and walking example. So people can be like, dang, what's changed about you? Or, hmm, I see what God is doing for you and how he's moving in your life. Because your spirit is different. Because you can have a whole lot of stuff and your spirit still not be at ease. Like we cannot, we cannot confuse worldly success and spiritual success. Because spiritual peace is something that takes work. It is not anything that just happens. It's not anything that just comes to you. Spiritual peace takes work, especially if you are held to a biblical standard. That takes work. Now, everybody might not be there. Everybody got their own beliefs and that's cool. Um, but always remember that spiritual peace takes work because there's no way that you can genuinely be in the Bible, be asking to Jesus to cover you, have a relationship with God and not be conflicted on things that you were doing in the world. And if you're not conflicted, go deeper, <laughs> get to know him a little bit more. And for me, that's why I love church because church is my place of worship. Even though I worship God all the time. But when you're worshiping with multiple people at the same time, that's why the Bible talks about where two or more are gathered. When, when And this has been said in the, in the world, when people pray together, when there's more than one vibration, think about Avatar. Remember the movie Avatar where, not the, not the anime Avatar, but the, the blue people Avatar. Remember when they all got together around that tree and they were praying? That's kind of like the same thing. You're raising the vibration of the room. You're raising the vibration of the prayer. You're raising their vibration in synchronicity. And when you have that spirit come up or when you have that Holy Ghost or the vibration or whatever you call it, and it's and it's and, and God is in the room, there's no way that you're not convicted of the things that you should stop doing. And if you're not, you're fighting it, or maybe you got some more spiritual work to do. But if you get closer to him, if you start reading your Bible and you go and you're in those spaces. And the reason why I like church 
so much now is because that's where I get convicted the most. I get convicted in my home, but it's easy by yourself to be like, well, I'm all right. But when you have the presence of God and that spiritual vibration over you, there's no way that you can just continue doing whatever, at least for me. I can't speak for you, but for me, does that make sense? So that's why I really like church now too, is not more so just for a word, but that's where I get convicted. That's where I praise and worship the heaviest, the hardest. And there's the vibration of, you know, spiritual people all in the same spot. Um, Percy says, if I told you my dad and I don't need God because I'm successful, he would tell me keep living. Absolutely. Because there will come a day where God will humble you. Think you don't think you think you know more than God if you want to. I did this when I was in college. Right. And this is how I knew the power of God. I was and this is why they say you shouldn't speak about things because God got the final say so. Well, it doesn't say that. I'm I'm paraphrasing cuz it says something similar but that ain't what it says. Um one time I was in college and it was right before we crossed um in my sorority. We were online. Um we were going through a process cuz we don't say the other word. We were going through our process and it was right before we were cross we've crossed uh over. And if anybody doesn't know when you're in a when you're in a divine nine sorority or fraternity, you go through a ceremony, you go through things, there's a ceremony, and then you, what they call cross, you cross over the burning sands. That means you now went from a regular person into the organization officially. So right before we crossed, I was like, I'm not getting sick. I was like, I'm not going to be sick because I'm going to turn up and I'm, 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 I kept saying what I was going to do and what wasn't going to happen. And I was like, I'm not going to be sick. And I don't even know why I was speaking sickness into existence because I hadn't been sick the whole time. I was like, I refuse to be sick. Guess what? Guess what happened the night I crossed? Your girl was sick as a dog, like stuffy. Just I just remember being sick. And I was like, and I learned my lesson. I was just like, you never tell God what you're going to do because God will humble you real quick. And I understand that that's a small example, but never as a human being think. That you just, huh, I'm going to, I'm going to eat it because baby, God will humble you. Okay. Okay. Venetia says, yes, Satan uh, dangles the glam and money in front of us. Absolutely. He does. Absolutely. That's why. I, and you know what? And I'm not really, I'm not up here trying to judge anybody because I, I get it. I get why we're in the times that we're in, but when people have only fans pages, like the thing about being young and beautiful is you don't realize that it's a shelf life. Like you can't make a career doing anything with your body and your looks long term. You might be able to do it for a couple years. I'll give you 10, 12, maybe 15. But there's always going to be somebody younger that's body is better. And when it's sexual perversion, like and what I mean, sexual perversion is somebody has an OnlyFans, right? And they're doing um, salacious things, right? They're showing things, they're playing with their, whatever they're doing sexually, right? The people that are consuming that content eventually are going to get bored and move on to something else. So what I'm saying is everything has a shelf life. Look at YouTube, right? Look at all the YouTubers that were popping on top 
And over time, people just get bored. It's just human nature. People get bored and they move on. So with the dangling of the money, like, oh, look how much money you can make doing OnlyFans. It's a very short shelf life, a very short lived life. It's not something that's going to last forever. Your beauty will fade. Your body will fade eventually. That's why I say to, to young women, your beauty is a gift. I learned that from my father. Your beauty is a gift. So use it while you have it. Because eventually the skin ain't going to be as tight. Your hair ain't going to be as black. Your boobs ain't going to be as up as high. Your booty ain't going to be this. And, and you can say the surgery, but I seen surgeries in person. That ain't that ain't the way out of it. And you're eventually going to be older. And with the world and society, we live in a world where younger is praised. That's just it is what it is. There's always going to be somebody younger, more fresh, more beautiful. Look at all the models that were popping in the 90s. Naomi Campbell is still popping, but she's not the one that people are seeking out. There's always going to be somebody younger, fresher. So, yes, Satan will dangle those carrots in your face and be like, look. Look what you can get over here by doing this now. And the thing that's so sad and the thing that we knew, I believe, as younger women before social media is we didn't we were told. I don't know if we were told this or we just knew. I don't know. But we were kind of told, like, you never want to do something in your youth that's going to catch up to you in the future. A lot of these young girls are not thinking about their futures. They're thinking about right now how much money they can get, that it's popular, that it's socially acceptable. They're not thinking about when they have children or what's going to happen or people screen recording it or putting it somewhere else. And eventually, maybe one day you'll grow out of that phase of your life and you not want to do that anymore. And you want to get a legit job. But now you can't get a legit job because when you're Googled, that pops up. We don't people don't talk about the downside of living that life. Does that make sense? Or. um, But, yeah, the day the devil will dangle carrots like, ooh, look, 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 look. And if you are not, if you, and it's, and it could be multitude of things. It's not just that. It's not just sexual perversion or anything like that. It could be a relationship. It could be money. Some people don't sell their bodies, but they sell their souls. Selling things that aren't right or doing things that aren't right just to get money. You know, so it doesn't necessarily only have to be with women in, the, in that industry. It could be a multitude of things. And again, I'm not judging. I understand why they're doing it. But if I didn't have God in my life, if I didn't have, if I didn't wasn't raised the way I was raised, no telling what I would have put in my body and, and post, no telling. So I'm not judging it. I get it. But it, there's always an end in that. That does not last forever. It's very short lived. Um, and that money too doesn't last forever. So I pray they're saving it. She Amber says, when I hear... I did it without God. I'm like, and we just pray when people say that, we just pray for them because I feel like they don't, they just don't know. And sometimes people do do it without God because it, that blessing didn't come from God. Like we said, the devil, the devil dangles stuff in our face too, all the time. Happy housewife says it helps, uh, it helps put it in your algorithm. Oh yeah. Those boundaries and the things that you're going to do. No, I wasn't talking about boundaries when I was talking about uh, like not roadblocks, but it's just like, okay, when you go to the gym, right? Or say you, you say you want a new routine, what things are you going to put in place? When I was talking about, when I was talking about, uh, you know, if you ever fall short, say if you sin or you do something and you're like, dang, and I repent, I feel bad about this. What things are you going to put in place to 
boundaries is a good word, but that's not what I was. That's not the word. I'm that's like right here. What things are you going to put in place to make sure that you don't make that same mistake again? Like, for instance, if you want to start a new morning routine, right, and you want to get up earlier, maybe you set a couple of alarms before you have to get up. Maybe you put the pot of coffee on at night. So then you put the the, the setting on so it's percolating and it more, wakes you up. Like, what things are you going to put in place? So maybe when you go out next time, all right, I know my limit is one drink. Or maybe if you can't do one because one turns into two to three to four to five. All right. Excuse me, y'all. Maybe I'm not going to drink at all. Or um, maybe if you're having a hard time smoking, you you want to give up smoking. Okay. I can't be around my friends that smoke or I'm not going to purchase anymore or, you know, I'm going to delete the, 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 the plugs number out my phone, whatever you have to do. Like, what are those things that you're going to set? Boundaries is a great word. That's not the, that's not the word I'm looking for though. What things are you going to do that are going to help you along that path? Because if you keep doing things the way you've been doing them, that's not going to help you. You're going to keep slipping, right? Like if you're trying to be celibate, going to his house is not a smart move. Does that does that make sense? Like inviting her over is not a smart move because you know you're gonna get comfortable, you're gonna have some wine, you're gonna Netflix and chill, and then bada bing, bada boom, da 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 da. If you're not strong enough to withhold, you have to know yourself. So what are you going to do to set those boundaries and those? It's not I'm looking for the other word. Stipulations? Is it stipulations? You guys know what I mean. What are you going to do so that you don't fall short into the things that you said that you were convicted on doing? Because everybody's different. For some people, it's not drinking. For some people, it's not the others. It's whatever God is moving in you. That's why we have to have a personal relationship, why we have to you know, do the things that we feel are right, because God talks to all of us differently, and we all have different things to, to, uh, you know, to get over. Yes, gratitude is key. Thank you. Consider that he would raise the stones to praise him. Ooh, absolutely. Yes. Those blessings are everlasting. I love that. Um, Corey says, ever since I started genuinely reading and seeking the word of God, the devil has been working overtime. Oh yes. Oh yes. And, and honestly, you may fail a little bit. You may fail. You might be like, dang, I, I missed that dang test. Oh yeah. The devil work overtime. And I knew it would happen, but I was like, dang, you coming at, yeah. It's like, it's like, as soon as you be like, all right, God, I'm going to get my life right. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. The devil be like, all right, game on. Cause the devil don't care about people that's really not seeking God. Like that's easy for him. That's like, ah, uh, I just, you know, put that in front of you. Boom. You're going to click it. I'm going to do that. You're going to click it. I'm going to get that. Now you're going, you just go, y'all already in sense. You're just going to keep doing it. But when you're really trying devil work overtime. He'd be like, okay, what about this? What about this? I know you was struggling with this. What about this? What <laughs> the devil work overtime? Okay. It is hard. And some tests you may fail, but that's why once you fail the test, you repent, ask God for strength and forgiveness and all of that. And then you set those boundaries and you make those ramifications. So you're like, okay, I did that. I see how that was a test that I failed. I don't want to fail a test again. Cause you will continue to be tested into you graduate and get it right. Right. So it's just like, okay, I'm going to put boundaries and things in place. Um, what is that word? <laughs> Statutes of limitations. No, uh, I'm going to put things in place 
So that doesn't happen to me. So like if you're celibate, if you're on a celibacy journey, barriers, is it barriers? It's not resolution. No, not resolutions. I love that y'all are trying to help me. Limitations. No, that ain't the word either. (laughs) Uh, But you guys get what I mean, though. I'm going to put those things into my life so that I don't trip up. If I know I'm a drinker by by habit because I've been drinking my whole life, right? Or I've been drinking since I was 21. If I know I'm a drinker and I cannot, I'm going to I'm going to spiral into doing other things by drinking. All right, I don't need to have a drink or maybe I don't drink the hard stuff I drink. You have to know yourself. That's all I'm going to say. You have to know yourself to know what you can deal with and what you can't. And if you know that by doing a little bit is going to make you slip, then take it off the table altogether. You know, the Bible says if you're going, if your left hand going to call or the right hand, one of the hands going to cause you to sin, cut it off. And I feel like if, if something is going, if a substance, a habit is going to make you fall into doing things that you don't want to do, just cut it off. Um, Ross says God plays a part in everything we do, whether something people who do. No, he doesn't say that. The Bible says it all works through his good. So he can take our sin and work through his good, but everything is not God. Like, let's not get that misconstrued. God does not play a part in everything he does. He gives us free will, but he does not play a part in in everything. Like somebody getting murdered is not God, but he will use that as a testament or he can use anything for his will to be passed, right? If a woman is raped, that's not God. God didn't play a part in that, but he can use that woman's experience for her testimony. He gives us free will. So let's not think that God has his hand in everything, because if we think that, that's how we slip up. The devil wants you to think, oh, that's God. Yeah. Mm-hmm. See, see how they praising you for, for evil? See that? Like what, what did Dion Cole say? He said when people was trying to find a thing and they was like, oh, thank you, Jesus. Jesus ain't had nothing to do with that. God does not have everything to do with what we, what we do with. Um, he can use everything for his greater good, but that is not true. That's how we slip up. That's how we be like, oh, God sent him to me. No, he didn't. No, he didn't. The devil hears your prayers too. Don't think everything is God. Everything is not God, but God can use everything for his glory. Um, not prioritize. Parameters. That's the word. Thank you, Jada. Thank you, Jada. Parameters. That's the word I was looking for. Oh, I love y'all. I love playing the guessing game. <laughs> um. Percy says, I feel uh, convicted to apologize to a few people in the past, but I'm kind of like ashamed. That's okay. So pray for God to give, confess to God and tell him, hey, I'm ashamed of what I've done. I'm ashamed. I want to I want to apologize. Confess it to God because that's the only person that you need to even be like, that's the only person that matters that you're ashamed, right? Then you go back to those people and apologize. Now, whether they accept your apology or not, is not your, that's not your part. Your part is just doing the apology. I, I feel really bad for what I did. I'm so sorry. Can you please forgive me? If they forgive you, cool. If they don't forgive you, cool. That's on them. But you admit your, your, your shame to God and, and let him work with you and give you the strength to apologize. But once you do, you'll be set free. Like once you say, you know what? I'm so sorry that I did this. And you never know that person might need that to hear that. Um, and if they don't, if they don't accept it or whatever, they got attitude. Again, that's not your part. Your part was just to apologize. 
Um, but yes, thank you, Jada. Parameters. What parameters are you going to set in place to make sure that you don't slip up again? Uh, Ross said, not thinking negative. That's why I said it came off. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Hold on. Hold on. Ross said, uh, I'm thinking positive things that we do didn't feel I needed to explain it. I think that people on this chat already know. No, but I wanted to clarify that because um, no, I, what I'm saying is negative. Like people will say that though, just to, just to clarify your, what your point is. I get what you mean. Like you were saying how everything works. You were saying everything works for the great, for the great of God. Got it. But I don't want people to think that God is in everything because he's not. He is not in you. When you up here sinning and you calling out, oh God, he is not. That ain't him. <laughs> he ain't got nothing to do with it. He over here like, don't call my name. <laughs> um. You don't call my name or when, when you know you finally get the plug number, you be like, oh, thank God. That ain't God. <laughs> he ain't had nothing to do with that. Uh, God, one thing that Steve Harvey said that always stuck out to me is it's, you know, it's from God if there's no sin in it. If you get a blessing, if say if there's a blessing, right, and there's no sin in it, it's from God. Like if you meet somebody, if you meet somebody and they're married, God did not send you a married person. God cannot bless something that's already in works. Now, if they're getting a divorce and stuff, you, I would still tread lightly because it's still, that's still a married person. Does that make sense? Like people will say, God brought us together. How are you going to bring you somebody else's husband? How are you, how you going to bring somebody else's wife to you? Like people have a hard time with that and they don't like hearing it, but God can't bless. Like how are you? And if you guys have to go to work, have a great, beautiful, blessed day. I'm going to stay on a little, a little longer. Um, but God, how, how God going to bless you with somebody else's husband? If, and that's why I tell people, like, if you're, if you're, if you're married and you're going through a divorce or you're separated, just focus on the separation and the divorce because you dating in your marriage, although you might feel like it's the right thing because you're over that person, you and that person, and I'm not judging anybody because I've never been there, but I see it all the time. You really can't get the blessing God has for you until you close that door because you are technically still in something that God, that either you or God brought together. And God don't bring everybody together. He don't. Every marriage is not blessed by God. When it says um, anything brought by God, man shall not sever. Everything that come together ain't God. Some people don't even ask God, is that their husband or are they married? They just think that they just think that that is and they just go about it. But they didn't even pray to see if God was in it in the first place. Right. But if you are a married person, God is not about to bring your 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 being to you while you're married. It's just like if I'm. If I'm cheating on my boyfriend, God is not about to bring the man of my dreams to me. It, it don't work. It, God don't work like that. God will not bless you like that. If it gets from God, if sin is not in it, that's how, you know, if you got the job off of your own merit, you didn't have to scheme, manipulate, whatever. If you just got it because it was an alignment and you did it the right way, then you're going to get the job. That, that job was from God. If you meet him, he's not attached. You're not attached. Pray about it still because you never know. Um, then maybe God is in it. You know, but that takes prayer, that takes conviction, that takes that takes a, a little journey to figure that out. But God is not about to send you nobody's husband. 
No, no, your husband is not married. No, yes, he has a girlfriend and that is not your man in this season. He might be your man later, but that doesn't mean that you manipulate, you figure out how to slide in there. You become the side chick and then he's going to be your man. It don't work like that. God does not. If, if, if it's truly from God, you do not have to work and weave and put sin all in it because then it's just not from him. So that's what I mean by everything is not God, because people will say, oh, that's God. No, it ain't. God brought him to me. No, he didn't. <laughs> no, he didn't. Oh, God did this for me. No, he didn't. The devil will bless you, too. But it's from God if there's no sin in it. God cannot. God is a pure spirit. He cannot give you anything that's with sin. Now, can things work for his greater good? Absolutely. Absolutely. He's the, that's why he lets the devil do, the devil can't do nothing God don't let him do. That's why the devil can do what he wants to do because God is going to work everything through his, to his good, you know, but he's not in everything. So just saying, that's why I had to, you know, that's why I had to, because people will say that and that's not true. Um. People like, oh, thank you, God. He yeah, had nothing to do with that. Uh, what up, Funky A? <laughs> I definitely need parameters with, with my celibacy journey. I'm good when I'm single, but the real test comes when you're dating someone that you really like. Here's the, here's the parameters that you set. I don't go to men's houses. Men do not come over my houses. Because the only way that you can really break that parameter or I don't sit in the car too long. Like if the house ain't enough and you could be in the car and doing something a little you ain't supposed to be doing, then I don't sit in their cars. You know, you have to know you and say what your where your barriers and boundaries are. I've dated and told men like that wanted me to come over. As much as I like you, I feel like it's too soon for me to come over your house because I know what happens at people's houses. You know, we're all grown. Does that make sense? So when you are dating, you have to figure out... Um, you have to figure out where those parameters are for you and you know yourself. If you know you are weak in that area, then there are certain things you just can't do because you're going to set yourself up for failure. <laughs> uh, Hebrew says, God be like, don't put me in that mess. Absolutely. God ain't got nothing to do with that. He be up there like, I ain't do it. <laughs> uh, how God going to bless you with somebody else's person? And it might not be their person. They might truly need a divorce, you know, and that's on them and God, whether that's right or not. But and it might not be their person, but they're already taken. Does that make sense? If somebody else has a girlfriend or a boyfriend, I know people be like, well, it don't count because they not married. Yes, it does. It's still, they have a, a covenant with another person. So even if you do think that's your man, you just pray that he's doing the right thing. Because you don't want no man that's going to be with you and his woman and not be a, a courageous man to be like, hey, I need to move on. You know, or do what you got to do to get out of it because people will get comfortable. Let me tell you what. Keep keep dating that married man if you want to. He ain't going to move. For what? Even if he don't like her, live with her, whatever. Why would he? You already gave him everything he wanted. So why would he even rush to get divorced? Divorce is expensive. And everything is cool. She cool. You cool. Huh, he cool. Date a married person if you want to. I've never seen any good come out of it. Never. Never. Even when people leave people for each other, I've never seen good come out of that. 
be very, very careful and always remember, treat others how you want to be treated. If you wouldn't want nobody doing it to you, don't do it. Don't be no side chick. Don't sign up to be nobody's little side boo, little sneaky link, little conversation piece, because why would you want him doing that to you? And who cares? Like, and all of that, I'd rather, I'd rather be the one that know that don't know. You just setting yourself up for bad, horrible karma. I'm sorry that you were hurt that way. That is not a, you know, I, I pray for you, not judging you. I get it, but no, you, you want, you should want somebody who genuinely fully wants you just as much as you want them. And will it take you longer? Maybe because doing the right thing is kind of, is, can be kind of lonely. And I'm gonna tell y'all that right now, doing the right thing, being a person of God, it's not easy. It's not an easy path. That's why people just choose to be, to do what they want to do. It's not easy saying no to your vices. It's not easy turning down a good time, the good, the good loving and all that stuff. It's not easy to, to tell yourself, you know what? I really like you. I think you're a dope person, but you need to get divorced before we can even do anything. And then just hit me up when you're done and you're ready. That's not easy. It's not easy to be lonely. It's not easy to be by yourself. It's not easy to, I know it's not easy, but who would you rather please yourself and man or God? That's why he said being a Christian is long suffering because it, it's not easy. It's worth it, but it's not easy. Percy says some people call Jesus in the middle of some good. <laughs> Don't put me in the middle of that. Mm-hmm. Especially if you ain't married, that ain't that ain't he ain't got nothing to do with that. Now, if you're married, that's different. Uh, Nana says yes. As long as you are not divorced, you are still married. Separate separation is not divorce. It's not. It's not. Uh, Asia says good morning. Are you against homosexuality? Um, what I will say is that the Bible says homosexuality is wrong. Do I have homosexual friends? Yes. Do I have family members that are homosexual? Yes. Do I judge them? No. I will, I just pray for them and let God convict them in any way. Um, but the Bible says it's wrong, but I don't have a stance on homosexuality, whether it be right, wrong or indifferent. I just let people be, and I just pray for people. That's it. I, it ain't my job to fight that. I prayed about that and asked God about that for a long time. And one thing he told me is he said, I did not give you that cross to bear. And so I said, okay, hands up, don't shoot. I'm out. (laughs) So that's what, that's, that's my stance. I don't have one. <laughs> I don't have one. And people can be like, oh, I'm being a hypocrite. Okay. I'll let God would deal with me on that. I already talked to God about it and I already prayed about that. So that's between me and him. So we just got to focus on what you believe. Not to say you, Asia, but I'm just saying in general, like anybody that's like, oh, she's being a hypocrite, blah, blah, blah. Let God deal with me on that because <laughs> I've already talked to him about it. Um, she Amber says, correct. The devil has earth, has the earth right now. And what is called, uh, what, what's it called? What he is over the realm of earth. And that's why we still have evil. Well, we've always had evil. Um, it's just doing a lot right now, but that we've always had evil. That's why God done wiped out the world. Was it twice? He did it in Genesis. In Exodus, he's wiped out city. He's never wiped out. He wiped out the whole world one time because we were just living in sin and evil. And he wiped out cities for being evil and stuff like that. So it's always been, it's just easy for us to live in sin, y'all. It's so easy. 
That's why people do it. That's why we got these little bots, these little nasty sex bots, because it's easy to live in sin. It's hard to live right. Oh, thank you, Jessica. <laughs> she Amber says, yep, uh, I know someone like that. If it started off wrong, it's going to end the same way. It started not to work out. It never does, y'all. It never does. Any women out there, I know you might love him. I know he might be the bee's knees. But you're just said it's just from what I've seen, and I can only go by what I've saw. What I've saw or what I've seen is it not work out. Mm -mm. Unless I'm wrong, I ain't never seen it work out. Yolanda says, I never understood why women don't see the message they are sending to a man by getting involved with him while he's separated separated from his wife and de and delays the divorce for years because the man isn't honest that's why yolanda you're telling him that he's willing to be second place absolutely but they don't see that because the man is not telling them that the man is being like oh yeah i love you and she doesn't mean anything and and i will say this to anybody who's contemplating being with a married person say you are with a married person for years right and he never gets divorced guess what happens if he's in a hospital bed you make zero decisions his wife does um guess what happens to that house that y'all live in that you've helped make a home his wife gets all of that if something happens to him. So uh, just, just understand that you're, in my personal opinion, and this is just me. And again, I'm not judging because I understand why people get in these situations. But from what I've seen, what I've saw is you as a woman, if, if it's a man, you set yourself up for failure eventually because he's either going to drag his feet with a divorce because he's already gotten what he's wanted or you can't get what you really want because he still got that lingering. So we'll leave that there. I love you guys so much for watching. I hope you guys uh, have a beautiful blessed one. Zara's here. Say hi, Zawito. Say hi, Wito. No, don't do that. I don't know why she does that. And I don't even allow her licking me like that. Say hi, Wito. You ready to go? Ready to go for your walk? All right, got to take Zara for her walk, y'all. Um, Yolanda says, I feel like it's our job uh, to do diligence. And sometimes we know the man is lying, but we choose to believe him. So we could justify staying. That is possibly true. And then people want what they want. I get it. I understand. That's what I'm saying. I'm not judging because I definitely get it. I just, I just don't like that people get the short end of the stick when they don't, when they feel like they're not going to. Um, but yeah, it's for sure the justification of it all. All right. I love you guys so much. I hope you guys have a beautiful and blessed day. I will catch you guys tomorrow for our final chapter of A Purpose Driven Life. Be blessed. Have a beautiful day blessed day. I will catch you guys tomorrow. Bye y'all.